Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Hello and welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. On today's show, we are going to talk about relationships when kids come into the picture. When is the right time to have kids? How do we go from surviving to thriving in a relationship after kids? How to work on the relationship if you encounter roadblocks and so much more. Joining us today is psychotherapist Allison Villa. Hi. Hi. She teaches people how to have a thriving romantic relationship post-kids. And she will be sharing some advice to all you busy parents out there who are looking to change the energy of your relationship. And sitting in with me today is my good friend, Dr. Claudia Michaela. I haven't seen you in a while. I know. Hi. I missed you. Thank you for having me. I know. I missed me. you too. She's actually a mom of two. She works alongside her husband at the Center for Health and Rehabilitation in Woodbridge. She's a chiropractor, and she really has a handle on motherhood and keeping her relationship thriving, and that's why she's here today. I'm going to help you guys out. (laughs) So let's dive in, shall we? Now, Allison, tell us a little bit about you and your practice. So for me, I have a private practice here in Toronto, and I see clients in person, but I also see clients virtually, and I specialize in helping couples keep their relationship thriving after having kids. So what I have learned through my personal experience is that parents have the most difficulty getting into the therapy room. Let's be honest, parents are so busy, and to get a babysitter, to coordinate schedules, to actually get into the room to make time for couples therapy, it's very difficult. So this is why I've created virtual programs. Exactly. Yes. So that amazing. So that parents can work on their relationship from the comfort of home and on their own schedule. I love that. That's such a great such idea. Such an amazing idea. And there idea. are not enough people doing that. So kudos to you for doing that. According to a Wall Street Journal article, approximately two-thirds of couples see the quality of their relationship plummet within three years of the birth of a child and within five years after the birth of a first child. Over 40% of couples will go their separate ways. With that being said, do you think people are rushing to have children where the relationship is not strong enough to sustain children or perhaps they're still lacking that maturity level that is necessary to be a parent? Because let's face it, there are a lot of people that I look at and think, you shouldn't have had children. <laughs> and I think that some people, like, I, I mean, I think it should be mandatory to have a license to have children at times. What do you think? Sometimes I agree. Yeah. I, I, I think you said a key word in that question, and maturity. Couples cannot go into parenting being not not being at that maturity level it's a huge responsibility because it's not only changing your life you could you're seriously affecting the lives of another human the life of another human being you have to take it seriously you have to be well prepared for it and your relationship has to be able to sustain and withstand the ups and downs absolutely absolutely i couldn't agree more and what is also really important to keep in mind is that being mature means being able to communicate your needs, being able to ask for what you need from each other, being able to have conflicts and know how to resolve them together. Because every relationship, every healthy relationship is going to encounter conflicts. This is normal. And part of a thriving relationship is knowing how to overcome those obstacles. So absolutely, for me, it's not the word maturity. I would say it's more like having 
a strong sense of self and yourself in relation to your partner. Mm-hmm. And and having that strong need or want for a child, I don't think is enough to actually no. go out and have a child. No. So how do we know it's that right time to start a family when you're in a relationship? This is a great question. So, and the first question is, do you want to have kids? Right. Yes. Truly. Okay. And often... You would be surprised the amount of people that go into marriage and haven't spoken about if they want kids or not. Really? Right. Yeah. You. I find amazing. that alarming. Yeah. That should be one of the first, well, not on the first date or anything, but no, when but you're getting to know somebody, that's one of the most important things. You should be asking that for sure. Absolutely. So there are some assumptions that we make along the way when we're first in those early stages of relationship and uh, asking those questions, I mean... A, do you want to have kids is a big one. Mm -hmm. But what do you want that to look like? I mean, is this the right time? And I think that's a very good question that you asked because you need to, to think about the health of your relationship, the health of your physical self and your mental self, because all of those things are going to be um, put against some big challenges when you have kids. I always say to my clients, Parenting brings out what already exists in your relationship. It's going to magnify the really, really good stuff. And it's also going to magnify the things that are challenging, but they already exist. And the the things that are present in your life that are are stressing you out or are an issue to you already, when you have children, it's just amplified and it just, it just, it's constantly there. It doesn't go away and you can't send your kids back. No, <laughs> this is it. You're in it this for life, it. guys. Yeah, like you're in it for life. So you have to have your mind in the right place and yeah, everything well, lined well, up. Well, before the break, I just want to talk about the things that are really important to discuss with your partner before having children. And I would think that think that parenting styles, how you plan on raising them and future finances are very important. Oh, what are some other things, ladies, <laughs> yeah. from your experience? Because you to, both have children. Yeah, yeah, and I'm sure you'll agree. And let me clarify on the air. I do not. <laughs> I do not. And I'll tell you why. Because I just feel like I never met the right person to have children with. That's a good and point. I did not want to bring children up in a broken home. Yeah. And that was my choice. Mm-hmm. And yeah. some people don't care about that, but for me, it was very important. And so I wasn't selfish. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think it's important um, to have like that stable home and to have that stable environment. So you have to be prepared on many levels and we'll get back to that in a couple of minutes. Yeah, we're going to talk more about the things that are important to discuss with your partner before having children when we come back from the break. Stay with us. You're listening to The Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to The Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Joining me today is Dr. Claudia McKella. She's a chiropractor and a mom of two. Very important for today's show. And Allison Villa, she's a psychotherapist here in Toronto. She teaches people how to have a thriving romantic relationship post-kids. Yes, it is possible. Yes. (laughs) I do agree. So let's talk about the things that are important to discuss with your partner before you have children. Before the break, I said parenting styles, how you plan on raising them, future finances. Claudia, what else? Or do you want to um, expand I think, on one I think, of those? Yeah, I want to expand on the whole finances because I feel mm. like that's a big issue. So even if you have a stable relationship, I think one of the things you need to discuss and understand before you have children is they cost money. 
right? <laughs> yeah. They cost a lot of money. So Reality. you exactly. So you need to know what your family income is, where you're allotting your money, are you saving for their future, are you putting money aside? Like these are things that you because it'll be a huge source of stress and arguments if you don't have that. But all is that something out. you really have to discuss? Yes, right before they're born. No, you have to discuss it before you even have them oh, because because but, but but things and finances change. Like what if yeah, you're not but, doing that great financially and you can't really plan for those things and eventually you are. Yeah, but you don't know that. Right? Or things could take a turn for the worst, where it, you're doing really well, and then all of a sudden well, you lose why, your house, and yeah. then and then you're yeah, and then you're in bigger ooh, trouble. So yeah. you need to have that sorted out, Allison. In an ideal world, when you are planning your pregnancy, we hope that you know that is possible for every family, uh, and sometimes it is just a blessing that happens. Uh, you know, to your point about finances, you know, thinking about is maternity leave even possible? For some people, that isn't an option. They may be self-employed or contract. And so if you're going to be home during that first year with your child, you need to be thinking, can we survive off of that one income? Yeah, I'm self-employed. So I had to understand that if I was taking a full year out of my business, that's a full year of my salary that wasn't coming in. Absolutely. Okay, well, now what about if you're not on the same page? Is there a way to get on the same page or is this a deal breaker? <laughs> Maybe she, you should just reevaluate having children with this person. What do you think, Allison? Ooh, is it a deal breaker? <laughs> the drama. <laughs> the drama. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> if you're not on the same page, I think it could be. Yeah, well, do you know what? I, I think that there are a lot of resources before you decide that you're going to break up. Uh, around because there's two things you might decide together as a couple that be becoming parents is not a fit for you for both of you and you can continue along in your relationship just the two of you and be very content and happy with that if you find that you're in a relationship with someone who doesn't want kids and you do really want kids then that's where I would say before just giving up on everything you know you can there's so many resources there's books there's therapy there's uh, workshops there are so many things that you can explore before you you know call it quits on that relationship having said that I really do love the Maya Angelou quote she says when someone shows you who they are the first time believe them yeah, and and I say that Sorry. so it's a big one right <laughs> yeah but yes. I say that really seriously because this conversation around kids I can relate to that right now that's why I'm ah, okay okay <laughs> but referring to, to having kids I mean if someone's telling you that they don't want kids but you're really like sometimes we fall in love with the idea of the mm -hmm. person instead of the actual person in front of us who's telling us I don't want kids and if that's you right now See it as a gift. They are being honest with you. No. Believe them because you're going to find yourself, you're going to be connected to that person for the rest of mm -hmm. your life. Mm. Uh, yeah, definitely. So move on. There's yeah. more fish in the sea. There yeah. really are. Yeah. Now, a trend that has risen over the past five decades is having children out of wedlock. Over 40% of babies are being born to unmarried parents. So how important do you think, ladies, uh, is marriage before children? Does it really matter? Should you be married? I, what do you think? I don't think. Uh, I, I don't, Claudia? Yeah. I don't think it really matters. I don't I think, think so no. either. I think marriage is like a huge, there's a huge shift. It's just a piece of paper, yeah. really. Yeah. So as long as you're committed to each other and to your child or children, there's no issue. And at the end of the day, right, marriage is just a piece of paper. And as long as the children are brought up in a strong family unit, mm -hmm. in a positive household, in a loving environment, then it doesn't really matter. Yep. Absolutely. Here, here.
Yep, absolutely. But there are going to be people that argue with us. I was hoping that, Allison, you would argue with us. <laughs> and I, I like a little debate. Yeah. And, <laughs> come on, we're not all supposed to be on the same page here. <laughs> Let's talk about strengthening your relationship so it doesn't take a back seat after the kids. Okay? Mm-hmm. So what can people do to strengthen their relationship so that it, you know, it doesn't take a back seat? after the kids are born? Allison. This is such an important question, and my answer is actually very counterintuitive. You might be shocked, but the very first thing is actually to take care of yourself first. Mm-hmm. Self-care comes first. And uh, Claudia, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. but you strike me as somebody that does, I think you take care of your fir- kids first. I'm you guilty. You put them I, first. Yeah, I put- is that an Italian thing? Because I think all all of us three ladies are Italian. You know what? I think that was embedded in us. That's why I didn't intervene. I wanted to hear what she had to say because (laughs) I was like, as much as I love my kids and I love my husband, I do make the mistake of putting everybody else first. You are not alone in that. I know. You are not alone. Okay, so so expand on that, Allison, please. This is light me. Yeah, this is so <laughs> important why we need to normalize this. And to your point, I mean, I don't even think it's only an Italian thing. <laughs> I really No, no, it's not just an Italian no, thing. But it's, it's, it is common in the Italian culture. It is. It is. But it's I think generationally, we have not seen our own parents or our grandparents really doing things specifically for themselves. Like this idea of self-care is a whole new movement that is actually really essential and mm-hmm. is the the biggest gift that we can give our own children. But we're having to teach ourselves that and to unlearn all of the lessons that we've inherited. It's in our DNA, for heaven's sake. But no, for real. Yeah. It really is. It really is. But you have to remember that the act of self-care is replenishing yourself. So that means you get to be your best self and show up as your best self for your kids and for your partner. And how can we do that? We're going to ask you that when we come back from the break. So stay with us. Very important topic here today. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Joining us today in studio is psychotherapist Allison Villa. She teaches people how to have a thriving romantic relationship post-kids. And Dr. Claudia McKella, chiropractor at the Center for Health and Rehabilitation. She's also a mom of two. Both of you ladies are actually moms. Mm-hmm. Yes. And we're talking about how to have a thriving relationship post-kids. And before the break, we were talk- Allison was telling us how important it is to take care of yourself before you can take care of your children. She calls it self-care. So what exactly is self-care? So self-care is the intentional act of replenishing yourself. It does not happen accidentally. (laughs) All right? It's you intentionally tuning into yourself and asking yourself, what do I need right now? There might be a a whole bunch of dishes in the sink, but you've been on your feet all day and you... You want to sit down for a minute. I know this is a big one for me, the dishes. This is why I'm using it as an example. Are there any tools that that can help with this? Absolutely. So, I mean, on our website, houseandhook.com slash free tools, we do have a self-care. And we meaning you and your hubby? Yes. Why didn't you bring him here today? (laughs) So He's probably like mine and is like radio TV shy. (laughs) Oh, yours is not. He was on the show. (laughs) So I tend to be the content of our business and he does the back end and the branding. So that's how we collaborate. But uh, yeah, we have a whole self-care lesson that is seven minute video that you can sit down and watch with your partner because ideally you need to help each other make time for Mm self-care. It doesn't. You're a team. Right. Absolutely. 
So communication, let's talk about that because that's the root of every relationship. Let's mm-hmm. face yeah. it. If there's no communication, your relationship is going to break down. Yeah, and you know me, Laura, I over-communicate. Yes. Yeah. I do. What does over-communicate so, mean? I do too. Yeah. I don't bottle things in. I just, we just, we I just, just let it out. I'm, um, I've learned that, you know, I kind of, I, I outline everything to everybody in the family. So my kids, my husband, everybody She's very knows, organized. Yeah, I'm so organized. And yeah. I feel like that's the only way we survive this thing called life because my kids are a bit older now. My son is 13. My daughter's 10. Between their sport and activities, their camp, their school, their our work schedules, if it's not on a board in my mudroom, then it's not happening. Mm-hmm. Right? So I'm constantly reiterating, okay, guys, today we're doing this. Tonight we're doing this. Like, She's like a sergeant. Yeah. And, okay. And I feel like that sometimes, but... <laughs> I feel like hell. You know what? It works. It works so, for you and your family. That's yeah. great. So you were, you call yourself an over communicator? Because sometimes I feel like I am. And, but it sounds negative the way you're describing it. Yeah, I know. I got to change that. Probably dialogue. because her husband <laughs> nags at her, <laughs> nags at her for it. Right? Is do that you, right? Do you communicate on like not only about the schedule but about how you feel? Yeah. Yes. Yes. I communicate about how when I'm ha- proud of my children, when things That's went good. smoothly, and then I also communicate when things were went sour that morning. Right. And they don't want to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like it's important because this way we're acknowledging when things are amazing. Yes. And we're acknowledging when guys we could work a little harder. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Claudia, you're doing this in the moment. This is amazing. Okay. Oh, really. thank you. No, really. I mean, for someone to be able to articulate how they feel in the moment, regardless of if it's a good feeling or if it's a negative feeling, that is a gift. Because those feelings that are negative feelings... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, that's doing, so nice to hear. Yeah. Thank you. I needed to hear that. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> those negative feelings, they get bigger and bigger when you don't give them space. Yep. Okay. So let's get back to communication. So... Allison, what are some of the challenges that married couples find when it comes to communication and how can they overcome these challenges? Okay, so I'm going to talk specifically to the parents who are new and are in the first three to five years of parenting. This is a very exhausting time. So sometimes I what I hear is that it's not that they are not able to communicate. They are just so tired that we we lose our ability to think clearly when we are not getting enough sleep. So I know it sounds very simple, but part of being a good communicator is being well-rested. Mm-hmm. So any opportunity in those early years, that is your number one self-care piece. And that is also your number one foundation to having good communication is being well-rested. So the, the more sleep you can get, the more clearly you're going to be able to think and But that's not possible sometimes. What if like people have a hard time sleeping or <laughs> someone has to carry two jobs in order to support their family? It's not always possible. I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I just want to give permission for people to right. sleep and to go to bed with their kids. Can I just say something on the air? I do that. Well, like, yes, I can. It's my show. Uh, I use CBD oil. It has really helped me with my sleep. Yeah? Mm. Yeah. Do you if ingest I, it? I, I do. It's an oil, and I feel that, and it's legal now. So mm-hmm. I feel that when I'm, I'm, I'm feeling anxious, and you know when you get that mm-hmm. zinging in your feet, and you're like, they're restless, and you... And, I just take a little bit of the oil, I put it under my tongue, and it helps me go down. So that's just a little tip for all you people at home. If you're having a hard time sleeping, <laughs> please try CBD oil and give it to your pets as well. I give it to my dog, and yeah. it's really helped him. Yes, my dog wouldn't sleep for, for three months uh, wow. through the night. Wow. I, yeah, it was a zombie. I was waking up tired every day. because so you kidding. are a mom. He was Well, to a dog, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. So yes, try CBD oil at home for yourself and your pets. Okay, Allison, please uh, continue. <laughs> so back to communication, and I know, Laura, that you're huge 
huge on the five love languages. Um, if you don't know, the five love languages is an amazing book by Gary Chapman, and it's also I also talk about it in my book, Single in the City, available ah. on Amazon. <laughs> Okay, sorry. Plug there. All right. (laughs) And anyways, he talks about words of affirmation, acts of service, quality time, receiving gifts and physical touch. So I mean, you can go and do your own quiz and find out your love language. But what matters the most is what you need specifically from your partner. You might be able to identify, oh, I need acts of service, but what does that look like specifically Mm -hmm. for you? Mm -hmm. So having that conversation is going to help your communication because when your love tank is filled up, your communication comes a lot more smoothly. I agree 100%. When we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show, we're going to talk about overcoming roadblocks in marriage and relationships. Stay with us. Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. This is Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Sitting in with me today is Dr. Claudia McKella, as well as psychotherapist Allison Villa. And we're talking to all you busy parents who are looking to change the energy of your relationship. So let's say, you know, you're a stay-at-home mom or a stay-at-home parent because there are stay-at-home dads nowadays and you're exhausted with those house chores and the kids and then your partner comes home wanting attention but you're tired Mm -hmm. where do you pull that energy from claudia this must happen to you i know you're not stay at home no but you do work hard i work very hard yes i do know that but my work to me is my sanity Right. Like I love going to work because for me, it's a change of scene. So Mm -hmm. it's not like the home everyday, you know, boring stuff Um, for me getting out and going to my, you know, business is like sanity. But the way I find the extra energy is I always give myself something to look forward to. So like my day is crazy, then I get home and I have busy children and things need to get done. But I know that there's like a half an hour in my day where I can sit down with my husband and I can like watch a silly sitcom uh, or I can watch like 20 minutes of Netflix. And to be honest with you, that's what I look forward to. Or I go for a little walk or we have something planned. That's in your schedule, isn't it? Absolutely. (laughs) You are absolutely hilarious. But it gives me that extra bit of it's energy. It's so amazing how different people are. Because if I had to live on a schedule like that, yeah, you, I'd go crazy. Yeah, we couldn't be married. No way. <laughs> I'm so fly by night. I don't even know what I'm doing like in, at four. I, I know everything. Oh, so boy. that's how I get the extra bit of energy to go on with my day because I'm structured. So you have something to look forward to. Yeah. And I do that for my weekends. Like if I know I have a crazy week, then mm-hmm. I know I plan something on Saturday that's going to be exciting for me, my partner, or the whole family. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, we just have three days left. Let's say it's like Wednesday with three or four days left. And then the weekend's here and we have something fun planned. But Allison, how would you have that talk with your partner so that they understand that maybe you are having a, a difficult week or you're ti- extra tired this week or you're not feeling well? or Because some people just aren't understanding of that. Well, I think a part of being parents together is having empathy mm-hmm. for the other person. And I often find that this is not an issue in couples that I work with. I mean, they 
they do empathize with the other person. The problem is that they feel like, oh my gosh, she's or she or he has been home with the kids all day and I know like how exhausting that is. And then the other person is saying and they're getting home from a long day at work and I really, I can see how stressed out they are because they had a really crazy day. And it's not that they want energy from each other. It's that they don't have enough energy left uh, for anyone. So it's not a lack of desire to please the other person. I think it's just that they don't have the tools and they feel like, well, what do we do now? We don't have energy and we don't have time. So, and to answer that question, with the limited amount of time that people have, you need to make the most of it. You have to create quality Mm -hmm. time and figure out what quality connection time looks like for your couple. Let's talk about that. So what are some ways that we can keep that energy fresh and alive? Okay, my favorite thing is be curious about each other. Mm -hmm. When we start to assume that we know everything about our partner and we have nothing new to learn, that's when the energy starts to like get stale. Good point. And we resent each other. Mm -hmm. Right. I know what you were doing. You were talking to so and so and you did this and then you didn't pick up the laundry. And then, you know, like we make assumptions and just think about the habits you had in the early days of dating. It was not as spontaneous as you imagine. You were very specific about how you were going to spend your time together. You were curious about each other and each other's lives and each other's families and interests. Right. You're just applying the same things and that same intentional Uh, willingness to learn about your partner to this new stage you're learning and growing a lot when you become a parent there's a lot to be curious about Mm -hmm. good point we're ever evolving and dynamic so that's a really good point and of course we want to make time for date night whether it be once a month whether that looks like once a week I think it's important to spend that quality time with your partner to catch up Mm -hmm. because you know, when kids come, it's it seems to be all about them most of the time. Absolutely. Claudia, do you, yeah. are you good with that? Do yeah, you guys yeah. make time for we yourselves? We make time for each other, and we are different than some couples. We actually, once a week, will exercise together. Ah, oh, that's your activity. Oh, that's, that's our activity. activity. Together. Yeah. Because my husband is all about health and fitness and eating well and living well, so... Mm-hmm. I, I like that. So we just, we literally, because our kids are a bit older, we can leave them home. We'll go for now that it's summer. We go for a nice long walk slash jog. We have a destination. We meet at, we end up at Starbucks or Tim Hortons. We grab a coffee, a tea, and then we head back. And that's our sanity. I think that's Amazing. really cute. Right? And that could be, that's, and, and that, date is your, night, that could be date night. It could yeah. be date day. That yeah. is your quality time. Yep. I love and that. And day date. I'm such a fan of day dates. I right? love day dates. for tired parents. My goodness. Because yeah. I'm not even a parent and I get tired at night. Yes. I'd rather a day date. Exactly. Yeah. When you're, you're at the height of your energy yeah. and then you can like, Enjoy that with your partner. Yeah, that's a great one, the day date. I got to look into that. <laughs> <laughs> now, Allison, I know you talk a lot on your website about overcoming roadblocks in marriages and relationships. Mm-hmm. So give me a few examples on these roadblocks that appear and how we can overcome them. Great question. So I have a lot of great questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay, We're exploring a lot today. <laughs> I would say the, the one of the big roadblocks after having kids is intimacy. Intimacy changes after having kids. Does it have to? (laughs) I think it doesn't have to. I think it just naturally does because you're so darn tired. I'm not going to lie. And the last thing you're thinking about is having a little fun yourself. You just Mm want to sleep. And when the baby's sleeping, right? Because usually the babies aren't sleeping at night. 
Absolutely. So this is where, with any sort of roadblock, and I'm going to talk specifically about intimacy, is just making small changes. And we need to adjust our expectation, right? Especially around intimacy. It's not going to be the same as it was before. But what's really awesome is that you can explore what it's going to look like now. And you can have fun, which brings me to the importance of finding play in your relationship. We're going to continue with that conversation Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when we come back. So stay with us because we're talking about intimacy again, that topic that we all love. (laughs) (laughs) Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Thanks for tuning in each and every week or maybe once in a while (laughs) to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Today or tonight, we're talking to psychotherapist Allison Villa and Dr. Claudia McKella. And we're talking about um, how to keep the energy in your relationship post-kids. And before the break, we were talking about roadblocks that appear in your relationship and how to overcome them. And Allison specifically pointed out intimacy, Mm -hmm. How to keep the intimacy alive. So do you have any more tips for us? Right. So finding that playfulness again. And let's be honest, every couple finds certain rhythms and patterns around their, their intimate life. And making very small changes to those patterns because sometimes they are getting old and stale. And what worked before kids might not be working after kids. And and that's okay. And but sometimes we get stuck in feeling like, oh, my gosh, we're not doing this right. It's not working now. And and often when people have been together for a long time, they feel like there must be something wrong with us because our intimacy isn't working now. What's happening? And so I just encourage people to find gentleness with the process and just take the pressure off. Find some playfulness around it. Just because you're making your way to the bedroom does not mean you have to have intercourse. Find the play. It is a journey, not a destination. Or every time I ask for a massage does not mean I want to have sex. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I hear that one a lot. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, I really need a massage, but if I lay down and he gives me a massage, he's going to want something more. (laughs) (laughs) Or just be specific that that's not where it's going to go. That's right. Giving each other permission to say like, okay, like just because we started making it, can you just maybe just try making out? Yeah. Really, this is about rediscovering your intimacy Mm -hmm. again and rewriting the story. And that's good because when you start kissing, it actually gets you in the mood. It really does. Absolutely. For some people anyways. It should. Now I want to touch on having children in a same-sex relationship. Although it is more acceptable today than ever before, I'm sure, like all relationships, challenges come along when deciding to start a family, especially for two members of the same sex. So what advice do you have for them? So the first thing that's really important to acknowledge about same-sex couples and having a family, it's not just like, whoops, we're having a baby. They are so intentional about having a family, which means they're doing a lot of research. They are being so intentional about creating a family, whether it's surrogacy, fertility treatments, or adoption. None of these processes are simple. So already... When I hear of same-sex couples having a family, I know that those couples have been through a lot together and that they have a strong sense of family, so much so that they went and intentionally created a family together. It's very, very, very special. Mm -hmm. So in terms of what advice do I have for those, those families is, you know, 
There is so much heteronormative programming that is all around us. And we need to acknowledge that. There's simple things like Mother's Day and Father's Day. And most books refer to a mom and dad or a grandma and grandpa, Mm -hmm. right? This is just Mm -hmm. all around us. It's permeating everywhere, so much so that it's so important for those couples to 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 kind of to make to make sense of them and to to see that oh wow these are heteronormative these are not realities right because love right. love is love yep. and um, there are so many great uh, resources for same sex couples there there's books to help you there are in five five oh nine in Toronto is an amazing resource they actually have a pre parenting course that you can take so you're around people who have similar questions and concerns that you have. And there are online forums for same-sex families. And uh, obviously, I'm a huge advocate of therapy. And there are many therapists who deal specifically in this. And what would you say to people that are against gay couples having children? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Uh, What would you say? Mind your business, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. First and foremost. Mm -hmm. And like have a little empathy because being a parent, regardless of what your family dynamic is, is difficult. So whether it's heterosexual, whether it's, you know, same sex, the parenting issues are the same. Absolutely. It doesn't change just because you're two females or two males or it doesn't matter. It really doesn't. Parenting is parenting. Absolutely. And I would say, let's try and redirect that energy in a loving way, whether Mm -hmm. that's towards your own family or making a positive difference in the world. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back, we're going to talk about the best thing you can do as parents for your children when it comes to your marriage. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. It's Sunday night. You're tuned in to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta. Sitting in with me today, Dr. Claudia McKella from the Center for Health and Rehabilitation. She's also a mom of two. And we have psychotherapist Allison Villa here with us. Thank you so much for joining us. You are so lovely. Allison teaches people how to have a thriving romantic relationship after kids. And so uh, I want to talk about now the the best thing that you can do as parents for your children when it comes to your marriage. What's the best thing? Or maybe there's more than one. I'm sure there's a bunch. But Allison, I, I think that one of the best things you can do for your children is to make sure that your children don't hear you arguing or being mean to one another um, or just saying things that are completely out of line and just... Always show your children that you respect each other and your decisions as parents and your decisions as adults. Mm. I love that. I love that. And I want to add to what you're saying in having that united front. Mm -hmm. So especially, you know, when kids are coming to you, going to you and then going to your partner and trying to get the answer that they want, just staying united as a friend, even if you might not agree in the moment and then taking it aside and discussing it together. Mm -hmm. Right. They want to see that you are united. That gives them a, a strong sense of security in the world. However, I I agree with what you're saying about not being angry and using hurtful words Mm -hmm. around your children. But I also think it is important for our kids to see how to resolve conflict. Mm -hmm. And often we think, oh, we're going to go behind closed doors and after the kids go to bed and we'll figure this out. But then that leaves kids feeling like, oh, 
it hasn't been resolved. And we do that with the best of intentions, Mm -hmm. but we forget that even if we go and do that, the next morning say, you know, your dad and I talked through some through the stuff, and I know we were really upset yesterday, and we're feeling a lot better today. And just let them in on your process a little bit. Right. Good so, point. And I do believe, like, if you're being angry and, like, hurtful with your words, of course, you don't want your children to be around that. But they are going to feel, even if you're mm-hmm. not, you know, like, ch- kids feel it all. They oh, yeah. feel the stuff. So including them on, yeah, we had, we had a fight, and we were upset with each other, and you know, we're feeling better now. We talked through a lot of things and now we feel a lot closer. And you know what happens? It's amazing. Kids actually, that gives them a window to express how they might have felt mm-hmm. when they saw you being upset. Right. Right. And that is that is building emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's and, a really and how about point. when you don't allow your relationship to suffer? How can this positively impact the kids? Oh my God, they're just so happy. You know, you can see children. See, I don't have children, so I can't really talk to that, right? Yeah, (laughs) true. But you can, I feel like you can peg out those children who come from a really stable home. They're happy. That's true. They're the non-bullies, right? Yeah, family survival depends on the happiness of the couple. You know what? And and my sister and brother-in-law have that family dynamic. Every time I go over to their home, I never hear them raise their voice. There's never any arguments. They've learned how to communicate uh, in, a, in a fantastic way. And I feel that their children are a product of their mm-hmm. environment. And they're calm and, yep. you know, it's just they know they're well-natured. That's right. right. And they know how to survive. Like, you know, my kids, like I said, they're, they're young, but they're old enough to know when there's drama at school or drama in their mm-hmm. sport. And they learn just to back away from it because they don't really know what it's like to get involved in that sort of thing. So they're confident to say, that's not mine. I'm not going to own it. I'm going to stay away because I'm going to go home to my happy, healthy, safe environment. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to feel good about myself regardless. Uh. <laughs> Am I right about that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. There you go. You're teaching them healthy boundaries and how mm-hmm. to keep themselves safe in the world, emotionally as yeah. well as physically, right? Right. right. Yeah. Yep. Okay. And Claudia, you might be able to answer this one. How can you bring that excitement back to the family without it feeling forced uh, and with keeping the kids in mind at the same time? My art. Because you know, you're, I know, you're yeah. always off doing things. I, I'm always and, off yeah. doing things. And that's, I think, the key. So we try to incorporate whatever they want to do with what we want to do. And there are times where we're going to do what one wants, what the other wants, and then what the parents want. Yes. And that's the key. So today's your decision, whether it's something like where do you want to have dinner or where do you want to go? And we actually even... Well, let, that's kind of smart. Yeah, because this way they feel like they're making decisions. And I'm relatively easygoing. So I go with the flow. And there you have it. And you avoid arguments arguments between your kids too. Mm-hmm. Right? Allison, do you want to add to that? Yeah, you're teaching your kids that everybody's voice is important. Mm-hmm, I love because, that. Right? Everybody yeah. has a voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a nice way of putting it. Right. So what are some other small changes that you can make in a relationship that uh, will have a positive impact on the overall family? Anything else that we haven't mentioned? Um, I, I think like just always being as happy as you can and telling your kids like I'm having a bad just being honest yeah I'm having a bad day like that was me yesterday I got home and I was exhausted Mm -hmm. they were exhausted Mm -hmm. I thought okay guys like we're we're all exhausted (laughs) let's just call it a day 
you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, like get, I know when my mom's having a bad day, I stay away from yeah. her boy. Keep, get your pajamas on. <laughs> let's figure. So okay, it's just about being honest. Okay, she's having a bad day. I'll go over there, you go over there. I'm actually living at home for a little while because I, I sold my house and I'm waiting for my new house. But <laughs> yeah, so I just kind of like, yeah, go off to the side. And Allison, one more question for you. In some of the course, courses that you teach, you explain how important it is to, to get clear on your values. What exactly do you mean by that? You know, values are the basis of everything. Values give you direction on how you act, what you strive for, and what is really important to you. So basically, they're driving your day-to-day actions, and they determine how you spend your time. So I like to encourage couples to get clear on four values and just to live your life and build your life around those four values when you have too many values, then you just feel overwhelmed and you can't feel successful in any of them. So examples of values would be, we want to spend more time with our family. We want to be eating well. We'd like to be more active. We'd like to travel. Uh, Those would be some examples of values. I go into values in detail in our online program, Couples Tuna. Yes, because that's all the time we have for today. So Allison, where can people find you if their marriage has gone from thriving to surviving after children? So you can find everything. It's all virtual at houseandhook.com. We also have a couples membership program that is launching in the fall, and that is for parents specifically so that they can do lessons and work worksheets from the comfort of home and get support on what quality time looks like for you. And Claudia, where can we find you? You can find me at on my Instagram at Claudia Machiella. Um, or you can go to www.chrehab.ca. And if you're looking for a partner to have children with, you can <laughs> contact me and I can hire me as your matchmaker. Just You can find me at singleinthecity.ca or uh, follow me on Instagram, Laura underscore Galata. Have a great day, everybody. Ciao for now. For most of us, crime is something we see on the news. We never think it could happen to us until it does. Loved ones are gone, and for the survivors, the scars will never heal. I'm Nancy Hickst, a senior crime reporter for Global News. And on this season of Crime Beat, I'll take you inside some of the most serious crime stories I've covered. Season six of Crime Beat is available now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and all podcast platforms.